Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Okay, before we get into the insanity that is Jordan Gate Part 4, we just want to take a second to tell you guys about Unique Vintage. So Unique Vintage was founded by a woman for women in celebration of the iconic flirty fashion of the past designs to help you stylishly take on today's world. So there's everything from endlessly chic dresses, skirts, and tees to shoes, accessories, and swimwear. UniqueVintage.com's fully inclusive line empowers the fashion risk taker in all of us. And I think that's definitely true, at least the pieces that I got, I felt that way. So they have like vintage-inspired, ready-to-wear fashion, a lot of different things. I personally got this really cool bathing suit cover-up. It's almost like a sheer skirt that I never would have thought to get, but it was so cool. And like I've already worn it twice this summer. They also have fully inclusive size ranges from extra small to 5X, which is amazing. It's also high quality, highly affordable. So whether you're like going to the pool or a summer party, uniquevintage.com has your look covered no matter where you're headed. The whole thing is kind of like to redefine unique. And I completely get that vibe from these clothings. It's based in uh, Los Angeles, California. Just an interesting fact to note. So if you're interested, if you want some cool clothes, check out uniquevintage.com today for 20% off your first order by using promo code CBC. Again, that's uniquevintage.com with promo code CBC for 20% off your first purchase. Okay, now let's get into it. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to Jordan Gate Part 4. Can you believe that? No. I feel this very weird duality because on one hand, I feel like I've waited my entire life to say those words. And at the same time, I can't believe I'm saying them out loud. Like I cannot believe I that exactly we are. exactly how you feel. It's really unbelievable. Obviously. Okay. There is so much to get through today. I promise you we're going to get through everything. The way that these episodes typically work when we do our Kardashian bonus shows is that we break down the episode scene by scene. Here, honestly, we just don't have the time to do that. So this scandal started to break 30 minutes in. Before I get into that, because let me tell you something, we treated this like investigative journalist if I've ever seen it. I mean, Julie spent three hours transcribing the entire episode. It's We're, we're not fucking around here. No, not fucking okay? around. But I just want to give you a couple of important context things that happened in the first 30 minutes that could potentially influence the way that you feel about the second half. So I think that that's important to do. I agree. So a couple of things. Number one, the episode kind of centers in the beginning around Chloe having these 
crippling migraines to the point where she's throwing up blood. She doesn't know what's going on. Everybody is kind of concerned. She goes to Dr. A, which is their OBGYN. If you're anything like us, you were confused as to why she's going to the OBGYN for her headaches. However, we've kind of come to the conclusion that they just trust that doctor more than anything. If you remember, that was the doctor that they had to get on the plane to deliver the baby in Cleveland, okay? Just to set the scene there. That was one thing. It ends up that her results were because the migraines were caused from stress. Or so we we believe because there was nothing on the MRI. Which makes a lot of sense given the light of this. The second thing that's important to note was that Chloe was – moving into a rental house because she's doing massive renovations on her home, okay? A couple of things. One of the first scenes we see Kylie and Jordan at Chloe's house touring the very house. first scene. Yeah, touring the house um and she's showing them all of the plans. That was really to kind of like bring us back and bring the association. We see Jordan on camera. We see how involved she was in life. I mean, it was That's what your English teacher calls foreshadowing. <laughs> Amen to that one. Exactly. So we see all of that. These are important things to note in case for some reason you didn't watch the episode. This was all contextually um, previously to that. Also, just to throw it out there, they talked a lot about Sunday service, which in any other world we would be all over that shit. And here? I cannot believe that we're living in a world where Kanye is talking about Sunday service. We see Sunday service footage. We see him at the fucking pottery place with Saint. And that's all filler. Yeah, I mean, it was the fact that, I mean, Sunday service, we're like glazing over. We're like, come on, come on. We couldn't believe that. So I just want to set that scene. We're not going to get into um, really more details about that. But that's what you need to know for the first 30 minutes. Because once I start to break this down, I start really at the 30-minute mark. I also just want to say, like a general disclaimer, a couple things. It is no secret that we have a bit of an internal bias towards the Kardashians. We literally do a Kardashian bonus show. We are diehard kind of fans and, and supporters of them. So if this comes off as a little biased, we did our best. But you know what? Like, we've been with this family for years. I can't help it. Do we genuinely believe that, they, that Chloe was in the right? Yes. But also, if some of that comes out, listen, we're human, number one. Number two, I just want to make a really clear point to say, throughout all of this, please know our level of empathy towards Jordan never wavered or diminished. I still hold true in what we said back to Jordan Gate a couple months ago. We feel terrible for the fact that she had to go through this and go through this publicly. Whether or not it was her fault, it is still so wrong for the entire world to kind of ban against her. And please know, none of what we are doing is trying to feed into that. Correct. Okay, we're just voicing our opinions and breaking it down. So without further ado, <laughs> let's get into it because I'm physically shaking. I don't know about I, you. I have to talk about this. Otherwise, yeah. I'm going to combust. Okay. So the scene when all this breaks, starts about 30 minutes in, and it's a voiceover of Chloe saying that Tristan had a couple of his guy friends in town for All-Star Weekend, so he rented an Airbnb for the guys to stay at. Something interesting about this, just to note, is that when this broke, when Jordan Gate actually broke, we were all so curious, like, did Tristan have another house? Why wasn't he staying with Chloe? So we got confirmation there that he had rented an Airbnb. Correct. Okay. And then she says, Tristan went to an after party. Jordan was there. Tristan never came home. Okay. Then we hear the call from Larsa come in that says, I don't even know if I should tell you this, but Tristan and Jordan were all over each other last night. So right now, we're, it's basically just a lot of flashbacks. We're not getting the real-time stuff. It's kind of Chloe talking about what happened. and It's all leading us up to what is about to happen. How are your thoughts on that initial part? I liked the way they did it. I was a little nervous because like going into the next scene after where they like really explain it and they really see everything, I was like, this is how they're going to break it. Like it was so quick. It was so sudden. And, I mean, I I thought it was well done in retrospect, but in the moment I was like, what? It it was intense. 
I also just a, a clarification question that a lot of people message us about that I'm not positive is in this, Chloe says that Tristan went to an after party. Jordan was there. Tristan never came home. Our note's right. If the after party was at Tristan's Airbnb, why is Chloe saying that he went to an after party? Unless tr- unless Tristan had told Chloe that the Airbnb was to hang out with his friends, but he intended on sleeping at Chloe's. That's a possibility. It's just a it's just a weird little thing that I know a lot of you were curious about. I'm not positive either, but I guess what it did confirm is that it wasn't like it was his own home. Remember? No, it wasn't his home. When this all happened, we were like, does Tristan have a home in LA that we just don't know about? So confirmation, he does not, or at least at the time, he did not. <sighs> how, how you doing? I'm like... I don't even know. I feel like there's just, there's so many little details. There's so many. And we're going to go through every single one of them. Okay. So this is when, you know, we go to a commercial break. We kind of have a second to regroup, take a sip of water, like get our shit together. And now we come back to the scene that we have all been waiting for. Kim is sitting at her interviews. Courtney's on her way in. And Chloe calls Kim. And Kim says to the confessional, not to Chloe, I was getting ready for my interviews, literally the same thing as the first time, and my friend Larsa called me to explain that a reporter that she knows was about to write a story that Jordan and Tristan were at his home late night until like 7 in the morning. She said they were making out, and I immediately didn't believe it. Okay, let me just tell you, we didn't have, they didn't say the name, but I'm almost 99% sure the reporter they were talking about was Jason Lee from Hollywood Unlocked. He is the person who broke the story. He's the person who said that his writers were at the house when this happened, and if you remember, the way that we got physical confirmation from this was because Jason Lee posted the video about what happened. Chloe, Malika, and Larsa all commented on it and we posted it. It was like one of our most engaged posts ever. Yeah. So that is, I believe, what Kim was talking about. It also makes sense because Jason Lee is not like your typical Hollywood reporter. He's very much in with the Hollywood circle. Yeah. Okay. So we have that. What Kim, by the way, was saying of just like the first time was when it found out that when it came out that Tristan had cheated on Chloe by making out with two girls when she was nine months pregnant, that also broke when Kim was in an interview. Crazy. So, it's unbelievable. And thank fucking God. I mean, thank God. Yeah. You would you would never have had that footage like the way it was if she wasn't sitting in a chair in one spot. Because if she was at her house or they were at someone else's house, it would have been like it would have been too much. It wouldn't have been a straightforward camera shot of them on the phone. Exactly. So Kim is on the phone with Courtney and Chloe, and she says, did you talk to Jordan? And Chloe says, I talked to Jordan. It's really weird. She's not giving me all the information. She was like, he was trying to kiss me, and I can't remember if we did or we didn't. And everybody's freaking out. Like, Courtney's like, what do you mean you didn't know? That part was confusing, too. That part. Uh, all of it's confusing. I just think that, like, the the initial way that Jordan was going about the story is so telling, and this is, like really the information that we wanted and like didn't get initially this is what we needed we're going to get through all of it but what i want to say about this particular part is that this is i think what all of us were the most curious about is what was that initial phone call to chloe if you remember when the story broke chloe went on or when red table talk broke which we'll get into chloe went on a fucking twitter rant ripping jordan a new one saying how badly she handled it and we were kind of like at the time listen chloe if you're going to feel this way, we get it, but like at least tell us. You can't accuse her of lying and not say what she's lying about. So here we got proof what she was lying about. And they're smart. Obviously, they weren't going to give us it in the moment. They were going to wait till we're watching the episode. Right. So Kim's like, hold on, let's call Kylie. Let's call Kylie. And I was like, thank God. Like, I was yeah, waiting like, for someone to suggest that. It's like, where's Kylie been this whole time, first of all? Anyway, so they call Kylie, and Chloe goes, So I spoke to Jordan. She was in between his legs. This is the point where Courtney is standing outside the studio trying to get in and she's like interrupts. She's like, there's paparazzi. And Courtney's like, Kim's like, Courtney, shut the fuck up. And we're like, yes, Courtney, shut the fuck up. Not like now. literally Courtney, not now. Like, <laughs> are you fucking kidding? Go around a different entrance. So Courtney comes in and Kylie says, she said, I can't remember if we kissed. And Chloe's like, I said to her, if you're too nervous to tell me something, you can text me. And she said, okay, I'll call you in five minutes. She hasn't called me. And that was 20 minutes ago. Let's dissect that. 
Because that was, first of all, there's two parts of that. Chloe saying, like, if there's something you don't want to tell me, you can text me is such a Chloe move. Like, it's so maternal and so, like, understanding. Like, that, that's such, like, when your mom is, like, if you're too scared, just, t- like, write in a note, write, like, mm-hmm. whatever. It was so, like, understanding and maternal, which is, like, and, and the thing about this is it's not like Chloe's painting herself in a certain way. It's not like she's saying to us after the fact, you know, I said to her, it's like, Chloe is saying in the moment, like on the phone with her sisters, like these are like so raw. And the other piece of this is why did Jordan need to call her back? Well, that's the kind of thing that really to me, it's like that's that I'm going to be honest, that initial scene was what kind of skewed my whole view. If you have nothing to hide and you are not concerned, you just say it as it is. You don't need to wait. And also, are you waiting for the fact that Tristan is on a plane and you're waiting till you can confirm your stories? Like, we'll get into that. But that really threw me for can a Can I loop. tell you what my theory is? Yeah. I think she freaked out and called Jada. And Jada was like, do not say anything else. Like, this was the moment where Jada started, to, I think, started to intervene. Because hmm. it, it literally sounds like, hold on, give me 20 minutes. Like, I'll call my lawyer. Right. That's what it sounds like. And then you come back with like either a different story or pieces of a story. It's like, if your story is your story, there's no reason you should be taking even five minutes to call you back. Hold on, I'll call you back in five minutes. That makes no sense. No. That, I mean, to me, there was just no excuse for that. Okay. So everybody's freaking out and kind of hypothesizing as to why she had to call her back. And then Kylie says, this is the first time I'm hearing that she was sitting on his lap. And first of all, I think that that was talent. Like, it's interesting that they're all kind of hearing different versions. Like, you would expect that Kylie, Kylie at the very least would know the full thing. And now they're getting different pieces of the story from her. That's why it's hard to believe Jordan is because if you are innocent and the story she told on Red Table Talk was we were hanging out. I was sitting on the arm of his chair. My legs were never in between. I was never giving him a lap dance. I was never doing all of these things. He kissed me on the way out. That's it. It's like I understand her hesitation to tell the story initially and come out and be like, I – like – if no one knew about it, why well, come out and tell it? But once you get caught, if your story isn't straightforward exactly that, then there's something off and you're lying. Absolutely. So we now go back to Kim, who's kind of narrating and explaining to us. And quite frankly, she's the only person I wanted to do this job. I mean, oh as, my God. as I always say, Kim is a true and true Libra. And this was, she was peaking Libra right now. I mean, this was the most like neutral. Oh. So she says, so Tristan's on a plane flying back from All-Star Weekend, so Jordan is the only one that can give Chloe information, and she's gone radio silent now. So this must be such a frustrating situation for Chloe to be in, not knowing what's going on and just wanting answers. Which, amen. I mean, yes. I can, I can only imagine what this woman was feeling in that moment. I Seriously, the I mean, we'll get into all of that, but throughout the entire thing, whether or not you believe them, don't believe them, whatever, still for Chloe, this was absolute torture. Yeah. Absolute fucking torture. I mean, waiting for answers. There's two people in the whole world that can give you exactly what you need to know and neither of them are responsive. That's the worst feeling. Okay. So now we're still on the phone just to keep everyone up to date. We're still on this conference call. And Kylie says, she's like, that's what I said to her. Like, we need the full truth. She said, I need you to call Chloe and tell her exactly what happened. Chloe then says... It was weird that she didn't text me at all that evening because every single time I'm in the past, if Jordan would ever see Tristan, she would text me and say, hey, I'm at so-and-so's, Tristan's here. So Jordan called me and said, I was your watchdog last night and she was there to protect me and keep an eye out. That's why she stayed as late as she did. Okay, this, this, is, is, yeah. this, is, this is an important thing to, to dissect. What she was saying here was that typically in their LA life, when Jordan goes out for a night and she sees Tristan out, her first reaction is always to text Chloe to kind of say like, I'm here, I'm watching him. 
which let me just say or not even I'm here I'm watching her I'm here and, and he happens to be here and he happens to be here one because I can only imagine that Chloe never knew his whereabouts and two given his passive infidelity it makes sense that someone so closely connected to the family would want to alert Chloe as to his behaviors let me just say not even for a second do I want us all to sit here and pretend like that's normal. If you are in a relationship with someone that's the father of your child, you should not be having to have a family friend, let alone a 20-year-old girl, there watching out just to make sure he doesn't do anything. I mean, that is the most disgusting thing I can even imagine, that you have this guy that is literally the father of your child and you need to have someone watching him at all times. I can't even imagine in being in a relationship like that remotely. I mean, to give also Chloe the benefit of the doubt here, it, I think we have to assume that maybe – she didn't instruct Jordan to do it. Jordan just did it out of her own, you know, I, oh, I see Tristan, he's here. Like, it, it may not necessarily be as deep as like, I'm here, Tristan's also here, don't worry, I'm watching, I got this. It's just like, if you were to see your friend's boyfriend out and you'd be like, oh, I see him, he's here, that's so funny, we're in the same place. Again, that's obviously the complete other end of the spectrum, but to give Chloe the benefit of the doubt in their relationship that maybe it wasn't so intense that she needed to know every single time where he was where he was at and that Jordan was his watchdog but let me just say I'm not even putting that on Chloe I'm not even saying that Chloe was the one who told Jordan to do that I'm saying if anybody in your circle feels the need to tell you that then there's then an there's issue. an issue Correct. like none of us I think that the good thing that we can all agree on in this episode us and the Kardashians and literally everybody on the face of the universe is that nobody was surprised here about Tristan and we get into that a lot when Chloe and Chris are talking about it but like None of us were watching this being like, wow, he's such a dick. We know he's such a dick. He was such a dick when he put his face in, this, in between two girls' tits. Like, it, we know he's an asshole. That's not all this. It was just the way that it all happened. Okay, we're just going to take a second to tell you guys about Ritual. So we all want to do the right thing to keep our bodies healthy in the long run. But even if we try really hard to eat kale salads and drink green smoothies and do all these other things that are constantly being preached to us, we're still most likely not getting all of the essential nutrients that we need on a daily basis. So enter Ritual, the obsessively researched vitamin for women. Ritual's essentials have the nutrients most of us don't get enough from our food, all in their clean, absorbable forms. No shady additives or ingredients that can do more harm to your body than good. It's literally two easy-to-take capsules that provide nine nutrients you need to support a strong foundation for your health. So Ritual sent us these vitamins and we tried them and I genuinely really like them. I hadn't been taking a multivitamin for a while now and Isabel is sitting on the floor next to me right now and she's like nodding her head because they really were good. I liked them. I enjoyed the way that I felt. Um, the thing is, it's the multivitamin reimagined. So from D3 to omega-3, Ritual's Essential for Women helps fill gaps in a woman's diet. The other amazing thing is that they have a no-nausea capsule design, which is gentle on an empty stomach, and there's a mint tab in every bottle to keep things fresh. Because with a lot of omega-3s or fish oils, you have that kind of like fishy smell. I swear to God, we opened the bottle, and I was like, oh my God, this is like so minty fresh. I was not expecting that. Also, the best thing is that it's traceable and transparent. So if you are an obsessive label reader like myself – you would really appreciate this. All of Ritual's vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free ingredients and their sources are out there for the whole world to see. It's so important. Like, you don't want to put something into your body that you don't know what is what is in that. So again, listen, better health doesn't happen overnight. And right now, Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Fill in the gaps in your diet with Essential for Women, a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. Visit ritual.com slash celebs to start your ritual today. Again, that's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash celebs. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. 
So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics Mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Chloe now gets a call from Jordan. She's like, I have to call you back. And we're like, oh my God, you better call us back the second after. Like we're, we're sitting there losing our minds. So... Courtney starts to go to Glam, which this was the most iconic scene. This is the most Courtney thing that's ever happened. The most Courtney thing ever. She's literally sitting there with full tape or whatever you want to call it on her face. If you see memes today, the memes of her in this like white tape, it's when she was sitting in Glam and she was dealing with the whole situation. It was just hilarious. So Kim now says in her interview, from the moment the story broke about Jordan and Tristan, I think at first nobody even believed that it was real. Everyone was just super confused and that was it. We were all just watching it unfold. Yeah. It's crazy that they went through, like, the same experience that we did. If you guys remember, we talked about this in our other Jordan Gate episodes, and we ta- when we talked about it, we got such a overwhelming response of people feeling the, the exact same way, which was that for the first 25 minutes of the story breaking, we were 100% sure that it was bullshit. We couldn't even believe that we were saying it out loud. It was like – it's one of those stories where – when you hear a celebrity story and you say it and you're like almost embarrassed that you believed it. Like I remember I was sitting in your apartment with Isabella and I was like, holy fuck, Tristan and Jordan hooked up. And she was like, why are you believe? Like it was like, she couldn't believe that I even took the time to say it out loud to tell her. I was like, I'm just reading what I saw. Like I'm sure it didn't happen. I'm just saying what's being reported. And then it like started to slowly come out. And then as soon as those comments on the Hollywood Unlocked thing came out, we were like, There is literally no way to deny this now. No, there is literally no way to deny that. We all had that same reaction. And keep in mind, I don't know if we said it on the episode, but it's just so fucking funny. Literally, I couldn't plan this. Julie's edible hit at the exact same time this story broke. So not only was she freaking out, she also was like bugging out. I thought we were, it was like, okay, we finished it. Like what we had to do for the day. It was such a chill day. Like I'm going to take literally it broke in the edible hit. Yeah. It was like they had a conversation with each other. It was, it was out. It was out of a movie. Okay. So now we see all the article headlines flash on the screen and we're kind of getting back in. We're feeling nostalgic. We're getting back into the moment when it happened. I mean, for us, we were feeling like we were back in the podcast studio running in at like 8 a.m. to record. So now we have Kim continued and she says, you know, I just feel so bad for Chloe. Jordan was someone Chloe really trusted and believed in and supported and employed and all of the above. I know every single one of you is holding on to the word employed. We're going to get into that. What she was talking about, or one of the things she was talking about, was that when Chloe started her Good American denim line, she had Jordan be one of the models. And it cuts to the scene of them in the photo shoot, and Jordan saying to her, like, this is like a flashback to the first Good American photo shoot with Jordan, and Jordan saying to her, thank you so much for this opportunity, and Chloe's like, of course, don't disappoint me, and Jordan's like, when, is I, when have I ever? I literally said... And you'll get this because I explained this reference to you before. Whoever found this footage of that conversation must have felt like the person editing the jinx that found the like the confession of Robert Durst confessing yep. to murder. Yep. Yep. Fucking spot on. 
That was truly editing genius. I hope whoever found that got like a significant raise and an invite to Sunday service. Yeah. Unbe- like an eternal invite to Sunday service. They are a hero among us. It was unbelievable. Okay. So we're back now to Kim. She's on the phone with Kendall and Kylie, which I have to say, Kendall's involvement in this episode, not that it's rare, was very, very minimal. Um, yeah. You know, which could have just been because there were so many other things going on. Anyway, so Kendall's like, is this real? And Kim's like, yeah. And Kendall's like, Jordan? She's the last person on the planet that I would have said would have done this. And Kendall says, she was definitely like, even if he even if he kissed her and she was taken off guard, she should call Kylie, tell her exactly what happened. That's what I would do. So we're all like, yeah, that's exactly what we would do too. I mean, I, I want to be really clear in saying, and if I didn't say this at the beginning, I may want to edit something in at the beginning just to make it really clear. In Although we are all watching this and we are fascinated and we are living for this drama in a lot of ways, don't even for one second think that our empathy doesn't extend to Jordan also. Like my heart was breaking for Chloe throughout this entire thing. And I think my belief after, which I'll get into, is that I do think that Jordan lied and I think that it was worse than just the kiss. That being said, I still feel a very intense sense of empathy for her. This is a young girl. She made a mistake, a big one and one that she should, you know, that I I believe that there should be repercussions for in terms of her relationship with the family. But the anxiety she must have felt is one that nobody should. So don't think that we are not sensitive to that. And that's what we were talking about on the way over here where I was saying like, yes, everyone's first initial reaction when they found out was like, why isn't Jordan just confessing? Like, why isn't Jordan just on her doorstep in tears saying, I'm so sorry. And it's like, it's so much easier to say that than to like actually do it when you're in the moment when you're caught and you fucked up. And it's like, I, I genuinely think that everyone's initial reaction is to lie to protect themselves. I think that's just human nature. And I think that anybody else in that situation can say, oh my God, no question. I would be on Chloe's doorstep on my hands and knees apologizing. But you don't know how you would react until you've been fucked over and caught in that situation. And I genuinely believe that if anybody else was caught doing this and they did something so fucked up and so bad and they you know, they were having trouble piecing together the night and they kind of, it just got the best of them and they didn't know. I think their first initial reaction would be to lie as well. I think that it's so hard to know what you would do and it's so hard to come forward and say, in in actuality, to come forward and say like, I fucked up, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot, it takes a really like big person to do that and it takes a really mature person and we have to remember that Jordan is 20 years old and this is probably the first time in her life that she's ever had to come forward and like deal with a situation that big. And she has no experience on how to deal with something like that. I think. And even if you're the most experienced person in the world and you have experience dealing with this on an intimate basis, it is very rare that you have the experience dealing with it when you are in the Kardashian light. This is now, because now it's not just their family. It's the entire world is watching you. And I can only imagine. So please know that like we have that. We're just going through. Then Tracy, as you know, Tracy is basically the Kardashian publicist slash, I don't even know what her title is now. She calls and she's pissed and she says the words, Tristan is a disgusting pig. And we're all sitting there like, amen. Yes, he is. So Chloe then calls Kim and she conferences in Courtney and Kylie and she's like, so Jordan said they did make out. And we're all just like, oh my God. Like, according to her, it was just a kiss. So now they made out. Like now we have, again, we didn't hear the phone call between Jordan. We didn't see the text. But according to Chloe, Jordan confirmed the fact that they had made out. Right. right. So Kylie says, like, why would you tell me that, oh, I saw Tristan at a house party knowing in the back of your mind what you did? And Chloe says, she's just like, I can't believe this is happening. I'm so confused. And I'm like, you're confused? I, yeah. Like, no offense, Jordan, but you're the one that's confused. Imagine right. how Kylie and Chloe feel. We now cut back to Kim narrating. And she says, 
Here's the thing about Chloe and Tristan. It really took a lot of strength for Chloe to try to make this work for her family and give it a second shot after everything she had been through. Yeah, I mean, they then, you know, flash back to the scene where they're, where Chloe's in the delivery room or, or when, when the first initial cheating had broke. Like, Chloe has been through so much, and I feel like this episode really illustrated that. I'm not saying that this girl knows how to pick men. Clearly, she doesn't, and that's a problem that she has to work on herself. But these are the men she picked, and nobody deserves to be disrespected repeatedly and publicly the way that she has. And I stand firm in that. In some twisted way, this is like maybe the best thing that ever happened to Chloe. She needed a huge push to get out of this relationship because you see her in these episodes literally holding on for dear life. I'm saying prior to this, holding on for dear life, getting the house ready for him to move in and saying she wants everything to be perfect. And it's like, what are you holding on to? Like, look, and it's like, she, she literally needed like a slap in the face by reality. And it's like, sucks that Jordan had to be, you know, not the victim in this, but the person that had to be on the other end of it in order for that to happen to Chloe. Like, I wish it was just like some other random girl or somebody else. But I, I know, it, yeah. it needed to be something big in order for Chloe to finally let go. It was a blessing in disguise. And not to stereotype, not all athletes are the same. But of course, as we know, it is it is a stereotype that NBA players have this reputation. I mean, they're wealthy, good-looking guys that are on the road and have access to multiple women all the time and a lot of secrecy. And maybe she should see what it's like to date a, a finance guy or something. It's just a totally, you know what I mean? Like, that's all. That's what MJ thing. said. Yeah, that's what MJ said. She wants her to date like a Wells Fargo banker. I don't like know. literally anybody else than an NBA player right and, now. Yeah. Okay. Although I think James Harden was good to her. Remember that was a thing. Was he? Yeah, I don't know. I never heard anything bad. I think he. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how I feel. Probably about cheated. Yeah, I think yeah. he cheated. I don't know. <laughs> I also just want to touch on something that you just said, which was Chloe getting the house ready for Tristan. I know we haven't really given you background on the episode previously, so if you, I mean, before this happened, so if you guys, anybody didn't watch it, what Julie was referring to was the fact that in the beginning of the episode, we see that. Chloe is moving into a rental because she's doing a massive renovation on her house. And even though she has all these migraines and all of this stuff, she's so focused on getting the rental house ready and, quote, perfect for Tristan, which, of course, we're sitting there like, fuck him. It was kind of the similar reaction we had to a couple weeks ago when she was making the bed so perfect and then spraying the Febreze on it for him, where it's like, he was just going to go and fuck another girl in that bed anyway. Like, I was so disgusted by the whole thing. But anyway, the point that I wanted to make about that was that everybody had a lot of confusion about this timeline, meaning... Were they trying to make it seem like they were more together than they were? I kind of think yes. Like, in no world was this right, and he should have never cheated, obviously. But I don't think that they were as perfect as it's being made out to be. And of course, and they're not saying it's perfect. They are saying, like, we're working through stuff. But I think that they were more on the rocks than it's even being shown, right? I, I agree. The only thing I will say is that the the time isn't off, I don't think, because when Chloe's getting the house ready, she's saying, I'm getting the house ready while Tristan's coming home for All-Star Weekend. So the timing of her moving into that rental house and in the beginning of the episode, which we didn't even touch on, showing Jordan the, her house and her plans for the house before anything even happens, which is what the episode starts with, that's all the same time frame. It couldn't have been, you know, couldn't have been a couple of months ago because she never would have said Tristan's coming home for All-Star break. What I do think is that they did make it seem like things were a lot better than they were. And I i don't think they were lying because there were previous episodes where she was saying, you know, I definitely do have trust issues. And there was the whole thing in Bali and, you know, being in Cleveland and having that whole conversation with Malika. I just, I think that they made it seem a little better than it probably was. If you remember from the time of New Year's Eve, probably, which we talked about a lot, until the story broke, it was radio silent about Tristan. She didn't post anything. She had already started doing those quote things that were like not the happiest of quotes. And 
I think the show, if, if you were just watching the show and not paying attention to anything in the news or not paying attention to Chloe's social media, you would have thought things were a lot better than they probably were. Right. And we're just here to say that we don't believe that it, it was. Okay. Okay. We're back on the phone. These phone calls were really important, which is why we're taking such a, like a intense time to analyze them and to outline them because they really were so telling. So Chloe says on the phone to Kim, she's like, she's talking about Jordan. She's like, I love you. My loyalty is to you. And Kim goes, what are you talking about? Loyalty is to you. This is the biggest contradiction ever. And Chloe says, it is. But even for Jordan to know all I've been through with Tristan, literally my heart is in my eyeballs. And Kylie says, yeah, that's how I feel right now. We paused that scene and rewinded it like five times to make sure that Kylie was the one that said, yeah, that's how I feel right now. Because if you remember when this broke, everybody's initial reaction was, yeah, this sucks for Jordan. Yeah, this sucks for Chloe. But how is Kylie? Everybody was thinking that. So we finally got to hear Kylie like a very legitimate display of how upset she was. So Chloe says, and I feel bad having you in the middle. I'm just venting. And Kylie says, no, I would never be okay doing any of this. Meaning like Kylie knew that she was in the middle, but she was very much okay being it because Chloe is her sister. Like, like there was no way she was okay with what transpired. It's not like there was this, you know, it's not like there was this fight between Chloe and Jordan and it had something to do with something else and it was just between the two of them. It was like this was a situation that there's no way Kylie could have just sat by and, and tried to stay neutral in Absolutely. It. I'm going to walk you through the rest of that phone conversation, and then we're going to dissect a couple of very important lines. So Kim says, Kylie, she provides for your whole family off of what you have given her, and the disrespect of just, like, she has to know there's, there's a problem. And Chloe says, she's blaming him. She's like, I was so naive. And Kylie says, that's just wrong. And Chloe's like, they're both wrong. Chloe goes, I literally can't believe. Even if he tells me he's black and tall, I don't believe you. Are you or is that a mask you're wearing? I don't know. Obviously alluding to the fact that she has such severe trust issues with him. The line that we are obviously about to talk about is when Kim says, Kylie, she provides for your for her whole family off of what you have given her. I can't believe she, I mean, we were all thinking that, but I cannot believe she said that so bluntly. And, and she's right. I mean, truly, this isn't even a situation where you can say, you know, um, you know, she would probably be successful. It's not like Jordan wouldn't have this without Kylie. It's just the fact that it's not a reflection of who she is as a person, her talent, her her look, anything other than the fact it just it just wouldn't be like that if it wasn't for Kylie. It's not the fact nobody's saying that Kylie is the one that's like physically paying her. I mean, yes, she was living in Kylie's house. Whatever what we're saying here is the fact that by being so closely associated with a Kardashian or a Jenner, you allow yourself a certain amount of exposure that simply cannot be achieved otherwise, okay? She's a very attractive girl, but she's not randomly getting however many Instagram followers she has just for being a very attractive Instagram model, okay? Her, people's fascination with her a lot came from the fact that she was Kylie Jenner's person, Kylie's number one, lived in the house with Kylie, knew more about Kylie than anybody else. And if you are a diehard Kardashian fan, that is where your fascination with her came from, which is why so much of the backlash you know, her fans were Kylie's fans. That's why it was so intense. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no way anyone can say Jordan would have been provided all of these opportunities if it wasn't for Kylie. It just wouldn't have happened. And it's obviously such an unknown also because they've been friends since middle school. So there's no scenario in which Jordan ever had to go out on her own and try and do something without the help of Kylie or without the association to Kylie. So there's no way of knowing that. But I can say with pretty much complete certainty that Jordan's life would not be Jordan's life or we would not know Jordan Woods. Let's also just call a spade a spade. If you want to, if you think that we're full of shit and you don't believe any of that, okay, fine. What about the money that she made from the Kylie Cosmetics collab, from the Good American Modeling, from the actual financial, you know, contractual things that she did with them, like biz joint business deals? At the Yeah, that, yes. And at the very basic, you cannot point to an opportunity that Jordan has that was 
given to her separate and apart from the Kardashians, for example, whatever, you know, um, the eyelash thing that I think she had, whatever modeling she's done outside of that, you can't say that any of that came from her own thing. That came from the initial association with Kylie and people knowing her name. And listen, let's be fair. Having that just gets you in the door. Then you have to keep the door open. Clearly, she's a hard worker. She's beautiful. She's, you know, all, all dedicated. All of those things. She has, you know, her second nature line. That was comes from her visionary. But We're, you have to get in the door You have somewhere. to get in the door. Like, that's a huge part of it. It's not what you know. It's who you know. So for anybody to sit here and say, like, oh, she'd be the exact same. She just wouldn't. It's just a fact. Okay? And that's not us taking the Kardashian side. That's literally just us being factual. Okay. They go to a commercial break, which... Honestly, thank God, because we need to Can you believe, first of all, and I said this to you last night as I was transcribing, that was 28 minutes of the episode, and we had not hit a commercial break. No. Truly. I really can't. We were... That was 28 minutes of us talking. Yeah, it was about no, seven minutes of the actual episode. I know. No, I can't. Um, I also just want to say that last night, we knew how much we were going to be freaking out about this. So in our Patreon group on Facebook, one of the girls made like a chat so all of us and all of our patrons were like live talking about it. It was no, it was seriously, the craziest. It's thing. not even a plug for Patreon, but if you have any interest in the Kardashians, like you're doing a disservice to yourself by not even being in it, minimally up. the lowest tier because nobody was as invested as the, that group of people were. Okay, we come back from that commercial break. We are now with Kim and Chris in Kim's bathroom, which again, this is the only bathroom in America that people just hang out with, hang out in. And I don't blame them. And I don't blame them. I mean, I would do I the same. I want to hang out in that bathroom so fucking bad. All glass walls, two gorgeous chairs. There's the gorgeous ivy backdrop. We have the, you know, flat sink that we all know. I mean, it's 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 fully like a suite at the it's Ritz Carlton. Yeah. yeah. I literally feel like I'm at the presidential suite at the Ritz when I see that bathroom. So Kim says, have you talked to Kylie? And now Chris says, and I quote, no. She's like, I texted Jordan not knowing any of this. And I said, are you with Kylie? Meaning like she was just curious as if Jordan was with Kylie because she was trying to get in touch with Kylie. And she never texted me back. And that's the first time she's never not texted me back. So if she wasn't guilty, she would call me and go, oh, my God, you can't believe what's going on. I don't know what to do, but I haven't heard from her unless she just turned her phone off. So I have to give her the benefit of the, of the doubt. We wrote in our notes here that it's very strange that they wouldn't have told Chris initially. Yeah. I, what do you think that was about? I think they were scared to tell her. Like, I think it was just like, I think the way they were viewing it was like, okay, if one of our sisters did something so fucked up, like, I, I'd be scared. Like, I think they just know that Chris thinks of Jordan as such another child, and they were scared to have this disappointment. And I, I don't I, I don't know. I would, like, I think that they were trying to maybe solve things and piece it together before they presented Chris with the story. There's a lot of things. I, it was weird that they didn't give her the heads up. I think it was the second reason that you said. I think that they were really trying to get their ducks in a row before they brought it to her because they knew that it would be such a, one, such an undertaking for her from a managerial perspective. Like, this was a business situation that she had to handle. I mean, she had to handle Well, that's the why it's weird that they didn't tell her initially, I think. Maybe. From a business perspective, if, if it is weird that they even risked letting Chris find out from a story breaking online rather than telling her about it initially. Yeah. I don't think that's how she found out and she didn't make it seem because I think Chris would have been really upset if that's how she found out. But there should have been an initial call to Chris saying like, listen, we're piecing everything together. I just want you to know that there's like something that occurred between Jordan and Tristan and we'll let you know when we have information. Please and don't freak out. Again, we don't know exactly how she found out. So like don't quote us on that. But it, she definitely didn't find out at the same time that all of them did. Whatever. It's fine. There were a lot of people to tell. So, you know, Chris is saying to Kim, like, my main focus here is just keeping Chloe calm. She's like, we just have to keep Chloe calm. It was, it was her, it was her sole goal. It was really her own only focus, I would say. Yeah. So Chris is in her interview 
and like in her confessional and she's kind of just explaining to us the dynamic between Jordan and Kylie's friendship how they've been you know best friends since middle school and that they live together at Kylie's house and that she always considered Jordan to be another daughter and how she was like I am just so heartbroken for Chloe and I feel so betrayed by Tristan and Jordan it was it was so raw it was so honest it was what we were all thinking I mean the Chris Jordan relationship really like like it's so upsetting like we weren't even thinking about Chris in this like to feel so betrayed by somebody you consider a daughter who you've given so much to who you trusted like when she said Jordan's never not text me back I so like I so know that mother best friends mother like daughter it was like feeling. if my dad it's like my dad didn't if you didn't text my dad back when would I ever not do that yeah. it would be crazy like it but like even so much deeper too it's just no, crazy it, it's so heartbreaking it really was so they're in the bathroom and Chris says like you know I really just need to hear the full story and Kim is like what do you mean the full story? Tristan admitted it. And she's like, you didn't see the text messages that he sent? He fully admitted it. First of all, the things I would do to Fuck see you guys for not, fuck you guys for not putting those on the You're screen. You're going to show the screenshots like in front of us and not show them to us. I mean, they must have not had, either they didn't want to divulge because it was too intimate or they didn't have legal permission. But I would do anything. If you gave me some like really dirty thing to do right now, I would yeah, do I would it do to it. see those things. No question. Uh, no thought. No no hesitation. Oh my yep. God. We literally were playing that game last night. Like I was giving Julie ridiculous scenarios. And I would do all and of them. And she would do them all. So basically what happened was Chloe got confirmation from Tristan that Jordan was at his house until 7 in the morning and that something happened. <sighs> Kim was also giving us, you know, insight as to how Kylie was feeling because Kylie – was obviously freaking out but I think she didn't want to burden Chloe with her feelings because it's like yes I'm so hurt but like the focus is on you so Kylie was texting Kim saying I'm just so lost you know Ugh. which I, I can't Chris says unfortunately this is going to change their relationship forever because if she would do this to one of us she would do the same thing to Kylie that line yeah it was like the line heard around the world I swear to god it just goes to show how close their relationship was also that like Chris is saying that anything that Jordan would do to Kylie is the same level as her doing it to other, the other siblings. And the other thing that I think is really important to note throughout this whole episode is never once do any of them say to each other or to Kylie that Kylie has to stop being friends with Jordan. It's never once, like even in private conversation away from Kylie where they're like, I'm going to let Kylie get here on their own, but there's no way we're allowing her to be friends. There's no way. They never once say that. The whole narrative is like, this is going to change their relationship forever. And they're allowed to still have a relationship but on Kylie and on herself there's no way that Kylie can have this relationship with her by her own doing not any of them saying even Chloe when she's saying to her I'm so sorry you're in the middle of this like I feel like it would have been such a normal reaction for Chloe to be like fuck that we're done with her Kim to be like fuck that you're never speaking to her again they never once say that no it's true they never did which was the right thing but it's also you would expect it in a time of such animosity and such like irrational thinking perhaps that that would come out and it never did which I thought I agree was admirable I mean it was how they should have handled it but it was admirable so we just want to stop to tell you guys about dave.com overdraft fees if you are anything like me you cannot stand them I believe that it's time for them to die those surprise bank charges over a couple of bucks in your account are useless painful and nothing but pure profit for big banks but thanks to the dave app you never have to pay an overdraft fee again so let me explain to you what it is. Basically, Dave is the number one budgeting app in America because it saves you from overdraft fees, tells you about upcoming bills, and can advance you $75 from your next paycheck with no credit check and no interest. The amazing thing about the Dave app is that it's literally $1 a month, which equates to $12 a year. It's way less than an overdraft fee, and you'll never have to pay one again. 
It can help you budget for upcoming expenses, text you if you're spending too much, and if you need cash fast, they can advance you $75 in just 90 seconds. Also, my personal favorite thing about this is that Mark Cuban is an investor in Dave because he got crushed by overdraft fees in his 20s, and he wants you to never pay an overdraft fee again, which a Mark Cuban endorsement to me, I mean, what could be better? There are 3 million people that currently use Dave to save up to $1,000 a year in overdraft fees, and that's why it's the number one budgeting app in the App Store. So go to dave.com slash celebs. It really helps the show if you let them know you heard it here. And then download Dave and never pay another overdraft fee again. It's immediate savings. Go now, dave.com slash celebs. It's spelled just like it sounds, dave.com, D-A-V-E dot com slash celebs. Okay, let's all take a deep breath because we're about to be greeted by Scott, who personally made us all feel better, I would say. We we coined him as MVP of the episode. Feel better? I literally sobbed while he was speaking. He's just so... God, a whole, his like paternal side really came out in this. Yeah. It really did. And as you guys know, we live for Scott and Chloe's dynamic. So then to see Scott being the comforter to Chloe when in the past she has been such a comforter to him was, was such a that. it was such a beautiful role reversal, honestly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're at Courtney's house and Scott just gives Chloe literally the biggest hug. He is in full blown disbelief of what's happening. Like he says to her, What was going through that girl's head? And obviously we're all sitting there like, we have no idea. Well, we do have an idea if I want. Let me just take you very quickly to Jordan Gate, I believe, part two, where we made the hypothesis that – what? Just reference yourself. <laughs> yeah. Where we made the hypothesis that, yes, it was wrong, a million things, but like – and yes, she should never never done it, whatever. But the bottom line, what I think happened in the moment was that Jordan still carries some of her insecurities from growing up when um, she wasn't as pleased with how she looks as she is now. Obviously, she's blossomed to this beautiful girl. And I think she's been vocal about like insecurities that she's had in the past. And I think that regardless of whether or not it's basically your sister's boyfriend slash the father of her baby, Tristan Thompson, as we've said a million times, is a very attractive guy. And here comes this like 6'5" whatever NBA player who's super sexy and he's into you. I think for a second her like 16 year old self had like an awakening inside of her and was like oh my god like he's into me and i think that that's what took over i think it was the insecurity that allowed her to take over to um doing that so that's just to reference that really quickly and i think that's another thing that people say that they can't understand but don't know until they're in the moment yeah not saying that like any of us would pull this shit and that it's right it's just i think it's a feeling that you can't understand until that attention is being given to you and those insecurities come up and you don't even realize it. it's kind of like you hear it a lot with girls who cheat with married men and they'll, they'll, they'll like reference it like i don't know i wasn't feeling that attractive and then here's this guy like he's willing to risk it all like for me yeah you know what i mean like as if and listen clearly by no means do we think that that's a healthy mindset? I'm just saying that it's a realistic one that a lot of people do engage in. So we'd be lying to say that she's like the only person that's ever felt that way. Okay. So Chloe is now in her interview and she says, once Tristan finally landed in Cleveland, he saw my millions of text messages. He already knew what was up and there was nothing else he could do but confirm it. I got my questions answered. I got more details. Then everyone left and jo- that everyone left and Jordan stayed. That she was sitting on his lap in a chair. They were all over each other. They were handsy. They made out. It's disgusting. I'll never understand the depths of this. I was just hoping for a better outcome for my daughter and for myself. Yeah. Moment of silence for that line. Moment of silence for that one. I mean, oh my God. So basically she was like harassing him on text. He was on a flight. The flight lands, which shocking that he didn't have Wi-Fi, but easy way to play uh, that yeah, off. Yeah. Easy. yeah, I think he put his phone on. Yeah. First time anyone's ever willingly put their phone on airplane yeah, mode. Exactly. Um, he, you know, so she, he lands and he basically sees this influx of text and he knows. So now Chloe's explaining to Scott the way that Tristan is handling it. And she says, 
that Tristan said to her, I can't stop thinking about you and what a mess I caused. I swear to God, I made Julie pause the episode because I was about to fucking throw my phone at that TV. I know. Don't pull this shit. You motherfucker, you knew exactly what you were doing. You knew exactly the pain you were causing. It's not like this is your first rodeo. I mean, talking about ain't my first rodeo. This is yeah, literally this is like your like, 18th rodeo. Yeah. Like, just fuck you. Oh, my God. So, Chloe's sitting at the table and Tristan starts to threaten suicide. I don't, we don't have the exact text, but what he starts to say to her is like, I guess that he's thinking about killing himself. Yeah, well, I, I don't even know if it was in that moment that he said it. It was just Chloe's like, I need to call Savas and have him check on him. And so Chloe's saying to, to Scott, like, this is so, and she doesn't come right out and say it. She's like, I have to have Savas check on him, whatever. And she's saying to, to Scott, you know, this is, you know, this is so crazy. He doesn't just get to like threaten to kill himself. Yeah, that, that, I think that was her exact line. Savas, as you know, is one of Tristan's like two best friends. He has like these two guys that he's always with. And he, we've always thought that he's a really nice guy. And also Chloe and them have formed like a very close relationship. So she calls Savas to go check on him. And he calls her back and he's like, yeah, um, I, you know, every, I went there and he like he wouldn't open the door, right? And yeah. he kept saying everything's fine. And she's like, do you think he's fine? Do you think he's going to do something? And he's like, I don't know. Okay. This is like very important to note. Clearly – in no way, shape, or form, and I want to be really – I want to choose my words really carefully here. Should suicide ever not be taken seriously? Anytime someone, you know, um, even mentions that, of course, it should be taken with full seriousness. And and Chloe did. She sent someone to go check on him. However, you know, it's so in line – Tristan, as we know, is a raging narcissist. And it is so in line with his behavior to say anything that he possibly can to kind of make the situation more in his favor or to kind of um, shift the narrative a little – and if Chloe genuinely believed or if his best friend, Savas, genuinely believed that he was legitimately suicidal, this would have been handled very differently. It, it, was a, it, was a, it was a very manipulative tactic. Yeah. This is like textbook emotional abuse, like manipulation. It's like you will do anything in that moment to switch the narrative to make you seem like the, the good guy in the situation or make somebody else feel bad for you and – when you're a narcissist, which I truly, truly believe from like the the like DSM five definition of it that Tristan is, you as as shitty as you are and as shitty as you can be because you're only like operating with your best interest in mind and what you want. You never want anybody else's opinion of you to be negative. You can't like you can't process it when other people feel negatively toward you. So you'll do anything to switch that narrative and make people feel bad for you. And that is exactly what Tristan was doing here. And we've seen this. This is such like a typical tactic to make the person that you've hurt then feel like they're in the wrong. Well, you're he, you're victimizing yourself. When yeah. Clearly the, the woman that you put through hell and back is the victim in this situation. And honestly, in a lot of ways, I think Jordan was too, which we'll get into that after. Like, you don't get to all of a sudden shift that narrative. The only person here that's not a victim by any means is Tristan. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. Jordan, I, I think there's a lot of this where she's a victim here. Chloe, obviously the victim here. Kylie, a victim. Tristan, not a victim. No, not at all. You did this to yourself. This is this is how little you respect this woman. You respect your relationship. And, and by the way, this whole thing that happened here, I don't believe for one second that, that Tristan actually felt bad about what he did to chloe i feel i think tristan feels bad about what he did to himself exactly that was exactly what i was about to say i'm telling you genuinely from the bottom level of my soul i don't have a psychiatrist on him i don't think he was affected because of i think he doesn't have a a sense of empathy i think it was genuinely like fuck and now i'm gonna be booed at my games shit this is such a bad look for me now women are gonna think of this as me i don't think it was like look what i did to my daughter 
I mean, listen. You know, it's very fitting that this is coming kind of right around the time of Father's Day because one of the things that I said to my dad on Father's Day that I wrote was like, to me, there is nothing better than a father can do for their daughter than to show them by example the level of respect that they eternally deserve. And I always say that my dad has always done that with me because he has always, you know, made it a point that I know that I deserve a certain level of respect. And when you disrespect your daughter's mother like that, that is the that is the opposite of that to me. No. I mean it's it's clear as day we always speak about this. There is you can't you know be father of the year and disrespect the mother of your child to that extent. There's just I'm sorry, you just can't. Just There's just no way. It doesn't work like that. So anyway, we're sitting you know in Courtney's house and it's Courtney comes out she's like in these really cute striped pajamas actually and it's Chloe's just sitting with Scott really pouring her heart out to him and she says she's like I'm so heartbroken I'm just like what is this what is this life and Courtney says like you can get angry like get it out don't keep this in if you have mean things to say and you want to get it out of your chest like say it and Chloe's like I literally am not holding anything back I'm just in shock she's like I'm so numb that I don't even know what to say and she says and I quote this is a debilitating blow to my soul and if you don't think we paused it after that line, we obviously did because that needed a minute to kind of just – Her saying this is a debilitating blow to my soul and like when she's like, what is this life? Like this is my life. That was like – that broke me. I know. I know the critics that are listening to this are going to be like, oh, please. You have a million – you have tons, tons of money. I don't care what you have, the stuff that you have, your materialistic value. These are two totally different things. You can be Bill Gates, okay, and you still go through emotional heartbreak. Your money isn't making anything e- easier. Like this is <sighs> – this is heartbreak on another level. Like, to be so betrayed, not by one person, but by two very important people in your life, I can tell you, I can promise you that Chloe would trade her money for this not to have happened. I, I honestly believe that. Because no one, no one wants to go through this. Mm-hmm. It's not, there's no level where you can say like, yeah, I would take $100 million to have my heart broken like this. There's just, it's, I'm sorry. It's just it, it was, I truly believe that. Other people may disagree with me and I understand that, but I this is Well, I don't know if I would go as far as to say that. Like, you know that famous quote, like money can't buy happiness, but I'd rather cry in my Bentley. Like at the end of the day, she is still waking up. Well, like this. no, like truly if this had to happen, thank God she's rich. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like I don't I don't think that Chloe is looking at the situation being like thank God I have all my money to help me get through this. No. I think that was zero percent of thought, and I think that this is yeah, this is heartbreak that you can't imagine or you can't pay off. No, I will say though, you know, that we always, I, I don't know if I've said this before, but I always say like money lubricates life in a lot of ways. So think about if you're in this situation and you are a single mom, but you don't have the means to be able to hire help for your for your kid, all this stuff. And then now you're like nursing your kid while also dealing with the heartbreak. Like she could very easily have, I'm sure she did have like true with her staff of nannies and whatever. And I'm not saying that at all in a condescending way. I'm saying that in the most positive way. Like she knew she needed to remove herself. Like let's say she needed to just hire a masseuse for the day to kind of breathe she could do that and she has the luxury of doing that of course of course yeah just making that clear okay so scott is now in his interview and he says the fact that chloe is sitting here heartbroken but still worrying about tristan's feeling and the possibility of him being upset or possibly hurting himself it just goes to show that chloe is an unbelievable person that loves so hard and so much and only wants good and somehow she just keeps getting the short end of the stick and it's unfair and it's really hard for me to sit and watch talk about literally the most heartbreaking part of the episode i mean scott getting emotional about this took us to another level he is so he loves chloe 
so much. He loves Chloe on such a deep level. And when he said that she loves so deep, it reminded me of her Instagram bio, which is I crave a love so deep in the ocean would be jealous. You know that one? <laughs> I just referenced Chloe's Instagram bio if you didn't know. I actually didn't know that was her Instagram <laughs> yeah. bio. I mean, she could have changed it, but that's what, what it's been for a long time. Anyway, it was just kind of, we all know this about Chloe. Like this bitch loves hard. And that's why she repeatedly gets so hurt. It's almost Too better. hard. Yeah. Too, Too hard. hard. Too hard, some could say. Okay. We go to a commercial break. Me and Julie are thrilled because now we have a couple seconds to process again. We're in the Patreon group. For, we're literally sending voice notes, like mini podcasts to the Patreon group, losing our mind. We, yeah. we, didn't, we didn't know what else to do. I needed an outlet. I ne- we needed an outlet. And we needed that as badly as they needed yeah, it. Yeah. Truly. They're like, thank truly. God. They're like, thank God you guys are doing this. And we're like, no, thank God you guys are doing this. Because it, it was just us two sitting there. Okay. Also, the funniest thing was that this, um, <laughs> this protein company, Own, who we like – just found out about from Steph Shep and we love them. They send us all this stuff. They had just like, we had just unboxed what they sent us. So we're literally watching this episode. I'm not kidding with a wall of own protein drinks next to us. It was so funny. It was, it was such like an, an ode yeah. to Steph Shep. Okay. We're now back at Kim's house. This was the scene that was probably teased the most for us in the previews. And Chloe is saying, I just think everyone is so twisted. Jordan didn't think about me. She didn't think about Kylie because now she puts a divide between her and Kylie. She didn't think about my daughter. She didn't think about Tristan. And she didn't think about herself. And Kim's like, what is Tristan saying? And Chloe's like, I'm not talking to him. They're both at fault. I'm not blaming just Jordan. But she was like, listen, Tristan, we all know what Tristan is capable of. Like, that's not the shocker here. But Jordan... For her to say, though, we all know what Tristan was capable of. Look what he did when I was nine months pregnant. I was like, thank you for finally saying that because I feel like she hasn't said those words. She's all She said things about not trusting, whatever. But she has never, I feel like, said, look at what he did when I was nine months pregnant to acknowledge, like, just that situation in and of itself. I completely agree. The other thing with this scene that's so funny, and I, didn't, I don't think I ever told you, is like, you know how when Kardashian comes up, I hate watching the scenes because – it's just like they give away all the good stuff and I hate that. I didn't see this scene until literally two days ago when you were like, send me the um, screenshot of them talking so that I can make an audio clip of it. I was like, fuck, now I have to watch. I had not watched this scene at all until then. You're a non-preview watcher? I hate them. I won't watch them on regular episodes. They give away all the good stuff and I feel like the episode isn't as good. I can't believe we've been running this business together for like two years and I just found that about you. I usually cut it off before like the scenes for next week. Wow, interesting. So, you know, Kim is basically saying that the whole – okay, they're sitting at the table just to give you context. It's uh, Chloe, Kim, and Kylie. I also just want to say throughout this entire episode, Chloe was made up fully. I think that was intentional. Duh. Like I think that if she, when she was going to look back on this, she's like, at least I want – if I'm going to look like a fool, at least I want to look damn good doing so. And good she's, for her. She's she not always – no, she totally deserves it. No, she's not always – a lot of the times that she's doing this, she's like come from working out and she's yeah. in her – yeah. That's what I'm saying. It was a noticeable shift. So what Kim is saying here was what kind of what we were all thinking was that the whole tone of Jordan never really saying sorry is the issue and that she should have just like been on Chloe's doorstep begging forgiveness and explaining herself. And Chloe says, now she's saying it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't intimate. It wasn't sexual. That wasn't at all what she said on the phone to me, which is fine. But now she's downplaying it. I'm not saying things can't happen. I'm the most understanding, calm person ever. But Jordan never once has said, Chloe, I'm sorry. That really... Okay. That was to me, it was so much, this whole episode was so much less about the actual action that occurred and so much more about the way Jordan handled it. Yeah. Do you believe that she never, I can't, why would Chloe lie about that? And if you remember, she said on Red Table Talk, yeah, of course I've called Chloe and apologized. And Chloe tweeted, you have never once said sorry to me. 
that's what that's weird to me. There's no part of me that can justify the lack of an apology. I can understand not wanting to tell the truth right away. I can understand calling Chloe to try and cover your tracks by saying you were with Tristan and you were just watching him to make sure nothing happened and like trying to control the story. I can't understand that after you have been caught and after you've confessed and after all these things and after you've said sorry to every single other person in the family that you can't muster up the courage to say sorry to Chloe herself. That doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. There's no part of me that can understand that. The only reason that I could, if that's true, which I genuinely believe it is, because I don't think that they would make it such a storyline if it wasn't. Like, I don't, I don't believe that they lie about this stuff. I think that they paint it I in mean, a way. I mean, truly, like, if, if, if Jordan had apologized to her at some point, even if it was just the text saying, Chloe, I'm so sorry, please speak to me, there's a screenshot. Jordan could have taken that screenshot and been like, here's when I texted her. Yeah, I totally agree. That was really confusing to me. I think, just to hypothesize for a second, potentially, if it's true that she didn't apologize, one of the reasons could be that one could think that an apology infers or implies guilt. Yeah, and, I was going to say that. Or yeah. impl- implies that she did something wrong. And maybe she, at this time, was still trying to hold on to the fact that, like, it was all Tristan. I, I don't know. I'm just... The only thing is, yes, that's true, but she's also apologized to everyone else in the family. And it's like... I, I mean, I, I think that has to be what it is, truly, where she's like, I, I can't say sorry because that's me admitting it. But then keep that consistent, right? I don't know. To me, it's just, to me, when you're in a situation like that and you're caught and even if you feel like you've done nothing wrong, but you know someone else is hurting far more than you're hurting, you just suck it up and say sorry. Even if it's one of those like cop out, I'm sorry, like you feel this way or I'm sorry this happened to you. It's still better than not saying like the words I'm sorry. I don't know. I I I don't know. So Chloe's kind of just saying how, you know, that, they, they really both both Tristan and Jordan messed up their relationships with everyone and she was like but Tristan really messed up his relationship with his daughter because one how you know how is a daughter supposed to look at her father in the most positive light positive like perfect light after something like this number one and Chloe was just saying like she will really never understand this which again neither none of us will Kylie is then saying this was so interesting. Kylie says it's never going to be the same again, at least for a while, if if we or if I decide to keep her in my life. That was what we have all been waiting for. We didn't know. Was, was Kylie's initial reaction like shutting her out completely? Was she thinking there was going to be potential? What was she thinking? And here we really got to see her outwardly talking out loud about the thought process that was going on in her head, which was thinking about their relationship in the long term, right? Yeah. I mean, it's... It's crazy because I would have expected, and maybe it's just not in Kylie's personality, but I would have expected her to like the initial reaction to be, I'm fucking done. And then maybe after a few days of clarity, you're like, I don't know if I'm going to cut her out of my life completely. I really have to think about this. But her initial reaction, I mean, and that's also just shows the relationship that they had. Yeah. It's like, how do you, I mean, like on one hand, how do you cut somebody out of your life that's been there for you so deeply and so intensely and for so long but then on the other hand like how do you keep somebody in your life that has been there for you so deeply and so intensely that would do something like this to your family it's a, it's a hard it's a hard you know it's like between a rock and a hard place and a place that nobody should ever have to be so now chris calls and anytime chris calls i mean i just love it and she says that she spoke to jordan and that she said to jordan like listen you need to start with apologizing to chloe she says you inserted yourself into a situation you had no business being in and now my daughter is physically mentally emotionally and spiritually damaged i love the fact that she's through in the spiritually yeah and she says that jordan was crying and like saying that she was so sorry and chris said to her you have to tell this to chloe she's like i have to have chloe's back you know like until she works it out with until you work it out with chloe it's never going to be okay between me and you which was such a like that's where you see the 
uh, real daughter versus like blood daughter. I mean, you know what I mean? Right. It was like, I love you like my child, but this is my blood. Like this yeah. is my daughter and it, you're going to betray her. You've betrayed all of us. Also, Chris's line here backed up the rest of the story that she had never said sorry to Chloe. Right. I don't understand that. I, I don't If either. I had Jordan right here, that's the question that I would ask her. Do you think she'd give you an honest answer? Well, who the fuck knows? Can't trust <laughs> Depends anybody. Depends on speed dial. So, you know, Chloe is just still voicing the fact that she can't believe Jordan never said sorry. Chris is saying she said it to me a million times on the phone. And then Chloe says, I thought this was a really good line. She said, I'm sure she is, but she doesn't have to be afraid of me. I've spoken to her with love. I showed Kylie my text message. She's like, I've never called her name. I just said, I love you. And I've always respected you. She's like, I'm not a mean girl. I don't think any of us, with the exception of maybe that one time after Red Table Talk when she kind of went off her rocker and went on a Twitter storm, I don't think any of us would call her a mean girl. Maybe would say she has poor choices in men, she can this, that. Chloe has never been known as the mean girl, and I stand with her on not having that reputation. I agree, and I think that I said this. Even initially when she said to Jordan, if there's something you can't say to me on the phone, you can text me. I think that was like the most like incredible example of showing that. She's like – Chloe's initial reaction and she could have been so and she would have been so justified if her initial reaction was freaking out her initial reaction was demanding that Jordan tell her every single detail her initial reaction was I'm understanding I just want the truth and I'm gonna like make this a safe space for you to tell me and for Jordan to not take advantage of that I can understand if Jordan was lying because Chloe was freaking out and she was so nervous and Chloe's like tell me fucking everything like that's not what that's not the environment that that Chloe created for her. And that's why I have a really hard time with her in the aftermath of this. I agree. Also, just something that we wrote as a discussion point was that when they're talking, when they're having this conversation, Kylie is so, you know, openly voicing how concerned she is for the future of their relationship. Julie wrote a really interesting note was that one day Kylie's going to want to show Stormy the To My Daughter video, you know, the one where Kylie basically announced her pregnancy. And so much in that video. All of it. It's entirely narrated by Jordan. Yeah. And... I just, I literally just got the chills. I swear like, in my life. She's going to want to show Stormy that video one day and Stormy is either going to not know who Jordan is or not have any understanding of their relationship ever being like that. I, I can't believe I just got the chills when we said that. It's, it's so true. Jordan narrated that video. Jordan was, I mean, talk about like a second mom to Stormy. I have to say my sister initially made that point when like the story broke like months ago and I was like, that's like the best point I've ever heard. Yeah, that's a really good point. So we're in the we're in the ends here of the scenes. We're going to break through that, and then we have a couple other things that we want to talk about, but just in terms of the logistics of the actual episode. So we're now back at Chloe's house, and this is when it's Chris and Chloe. And as you, if you guys remember, when this actually was happening in real time, we couldn't believe that we were seeing Chloe out. So in the midst of all this happening, we two things happened. This is in real life, okay? This isn't in the episode. Jordan had her release for her eyelash collection, which was the craziest thing ever, and she literally got up there on a mic and was like, it's been real. Thank you all for sticking by me. Like, we couldn't believe we were seeing her. And then we also couldn't believe that in the light of all of this, we're seeing Chloe at a Pretty Little Thing event doing press. Clearly, those were both contractually binding obligations that they couldn't get out of. And as Chloe said, listen, Tristan and Jordan's scandal isn't paying the bills for me. Like, I have to go to work. I'm in this agreement. So we see Chris and Chloe sitting at the table. And Chloe's like, I cannot believe that I have to go to this. And we hear her assistant being like, I said it was 30 minutes tops. And Chris is like, that's good. Like I told him that she was going to cut the ribbon and leave. And Chloe's like, I'm just going to cut the ribbon as slow as possible. I'm going to make it through my 30 minutes and be out of there. This was a really interesting side to see because it was kind of like what we always talk about, about the Kardashians being a business, but also being real people. And this was those two lives kind of just like intersecting. I loved that line of, of Chloe saying like, 
I'm not giving my money back for Tristan or Jordan. Yeah. I loved that line. Yeah. No, it was really smart. So, you know, we hear Chris go to see – Malika's going with her to the event, obviously, and Chris is going in to see Malika, and they're just kind of sitting there, and it was – I almost felt – did you feel this way? We didn't talk about this. Clearly, Malika and Chloe are also, like, ride or die, very similar to Jordan and Kylie, and Malika's on camera saying, you know – She's like, listen, when when Kylie and Jordan were growing up, they used to say to me and Chloe that we were they were like the mini versions of us. She's like, we always said to, you know, to them that they could come to us for anything. It really showed how much of a sister bond this was. But my initial thought was, even though Malika did absolutely nothing wrong and has been nothing but a perfect friend, I almost felt like maybe, and this totally could have been false, that there it, it's possible that for a split second that thought could have come into her head of like, not that she was on like, thin ice by any means, but that they were all kind of reevaluating their friendships that weren't familial. That's interesting. That's a very like cynical me view of that because I had the complete opposite where I felt like Chris walked into that room and was like, I know you're good in my book and I know you would never do anything wrong and I want you to know that I know that about you. I felt the exact same way. Like I think Chris felt that way and was, and, and was um, showing that very clearly. I'm just wondering if even for a split second that thought came into Malika's mind. It probably didn't because she really is such a loyal person. I'm just wondering. It wouldn't be the craziest thing if it did. It wouldn't be, but I, I think Malika has never felt more secure in her friendship with Chloe than in that moment. Yeah. I think she was like... I would never do this. I know I would never do this. And this is what a real friend is. And I'm that to Chloe. I, I agree with you. I was just offering another perspective. I totally agree. The last scene was when they're at the Pretty Little Things event. And I like love when I see the pic the behind the scenes from when we saw all the paparazzi pictures. Because like I before when they even said when they just said the words the event, I turned to Ju Julie and I was like, oh, of course, the Pretty Little Thing event where she's in the black sweater with the white writing. Like, duh. Like yeah. as if like literally as if you didn't know that. Like, what are you like? Like, why, like you fucking idiot. Yeah. yeah. So Chloe's saying, she's like, I feel like I'm in such a fog. She's like, I'm not present during any of this. And the end scene, we see her walking out and the paparazzi, there's cameras flashing everywhere. The paparazzi is basically attacking her. Like, are you and Jordan still friends? What's going on with Tristan? And I started crying. No, you did. I don't. Fully. I, I couldn't believe it happened. It wasn't even because of the situation. It was because of the fact that whoever you are, whether you're Jordan, even fucking Tristan, going through all of this, then to have all of those people in your face, to have the paparazzi, it's like, I know that they asked for this. I know that they signed up to not have any privacy. I get it. I know that's where they make their money. I'm not sympathizing with them because, I, listen, that's their business. But still, this to me was just so like inhumane. Like here, this girl went through the biggest heartbreak of her life and you have cameras in her face. I know it's normal and it, and it happens. I just... That's like to me my worst nightmare. I couldn't imagine no, how I, that felt. I can't. I, I honestly, and I will say that they signed up for something to a certain extent, but when they were making this show season one, I don't think anyone could have predicted that this type of heartbreak would have to be so public. And that's one of the things they said. Kim posted on our Insta story after this and said something along the lines of, I know how uncomfortable this was, but we have been so open with you guys from day one from divorce and breakups and babies and all of this stuff that this situation was no exception. Truly, with when it comes to the Kardashians, we, you know, rightfully so believe that we're privy to every aspect of their life because that's what they've given us. They easily could have said, we're not showing this. And I understand that that's kind of like a naive view because anybody could argue and say, like, of course, they're going to show this. This is the best thing that's happened to their ratings in years. They still had the option to not do this. And they still did it because it would have been part of it. Part of it's the show, totally. But I think the other part of it is they know how unfair it would have been to their viewers to not share this intimate aspect of their lives. I agree. I totally agree. It, yeah. I mean, and also they're 
it's so it's so complicated because their lack of privacy is also directly equated to their monetary gain like the more open they are the more that it's really a complicated thing that they dug themselves deep into this hole and i don't mean that negatively clearly they're thrilled but like it's a hard one to kind of navigate no it is it's wow what i want to talk about right now is a couple of things first of all just so everybody is clear we have now concluded the episode what we were left with was a preview of next week where they're going on a girl's trip, like, to kind of escape all of this drama. And this is the really dramatic scene when we see Chloe screaming at Tristan Liar on the phone and all of that stuff. We hear all of that. I want to just talk about a couple of things that arose that I think need to be discussed. Number one, everybody is wondering about how this truth compared with Jordan's Red Table Talk truth. In the Red Table Talk interview... She said, I'm reading an article from Cosmo by this woman, Mahara Boner. She's such a good author. And she writes, Jordan sat down with Jada Pinkett and insisted that she and Tristan had only kissed because, quote, he initiated. And then she quotes, never once was I giving him a lap dance, making out with him, sitting all over him. It's just we're all together. We're in a group. Never once did we leave the public area, go to the bedroom, go to the bathroom. She also added, it was a kiss on the lips. That is a direct contradiction from the story that not only apparently was confirmed by Joe, by Jordan to Chloe, but also was confirmed by Tristan to Chloe. Yeah. I mean, listen, here's the thing about Tristan telling the truth also. Tristan doesn't gain anything by making the situation more dramatic than it was. If it was really a kiss and that's all it was, Tristan gains absolutely nothing and has everything to lose by saying, you know what? It was a makeout. She was sitting on my lap. She was doing this. Like, he admitted it because that, I truly believe, is what happened. If it was just a kiss, he never would have exaggerated that story. He is a narcissist, but again, going back to the thing, he's not going to make himself look worse than he needs to look. I fully agree with you, but for the couple of people that are listening that have this take, I just want to acknowledge it, even though I don't agree with it. A lot of people say, listen, Tristan was stuck in that relationship. He had to get the fuck out of it. Clearly, him hooking up when she was nine months pregnant didn't get him out of it. He had to do something drastic. And that's why he would lie about this. That's it's ridiculous. A, I agree. It's just totally But the reason theory. why I think that's ridiculous is because it's not – listen, you see Chloe holding on to that, dear, that relationship for dear life. That is a fact. But it's not like she can chain him. It's not like she can say, you're staying with me and you're not going anywhere. If he wanted out, he had an out. He could have said, this is done. He could have cheated on her publicly with anybody else. He could have done anything else. This is a situation where there's just no logic in that. And I think, I don't even know how to like word that because I think it's just so absurd. There's zero, there, he was not being chained into this relationship and forced into it against his will. I agree. I also just want to take a second to read an inbox that we got from this girl. I obviously will uh, remain private. And she says, okay, here am I totally – the reason I want to read this, by the way, is because I think it offers a different perspective. Clearly in all of this, if we had to like choose sides, we are more Team Chloe. This episode personally convinced me as to that the making out was true and all that stuff. But like I said, we do definitely have a level of empathy for Jordan. And I want to read this inbox because for the people that are way more believing Jordan's truth, I think that this is interesting. She says – Okay, so here are my totally unasked for and unsolicited thoughts and feelings about this episode. My first gut reaction to watching this was a feeling of uncomfortable, but for a surprising reason. I felt uncomfortable with the way the girls were reacting towards Jordan. In my opinion, I felt like a lot of blame was put on her in this episode. Yes, I know that Tristan was mentioned a couple of times, but to me, he was not held accountable nearly enough. And frankly, I felt like Chloe didn't even care about what he had done, just based on what was seen in the episode. She says, I also felt uncomfortable that all of them were acting like, including Kylie, that Jordan was now dead to the world and it was unforgivable. 
And then she says to us, you guys talk a lot about cancel culture and how toxic it is. And while the Kardashians may have not done anything directly to, quote, cancel her, it was definitely the vibe that I got in the episode. Also, I feel for Jordan being terrified to approach Chloe with this. And then she says, while none of us know them personally, I'm sure being around that family is super intimidating and scary. While they may not do anything intentionally, there's no denying that they have a lot of power in the industry and Jordan knew that. Do I condone what she did? Absolutely not. But I think Chloe's initial reaction to this girl was overly harsh. And I know she took it back eventually, but I just couldn't imagine being in that position facing that family alone. It's still wrong what she did and what Tristan did. Of course, a lot of deep depths of betrayal went into it, but I still feel forgiveness is possible. She's like, anyway, that's just my unsolicited opinion. Love you guys, whatever. Okay. I have to make a point about this. I, I, I respect your input. I don't necessarily agree, but I'm going to explain. We do talk a lot about how toxic cancel culture is. Remember when the James Charles thing happened? We were like, that is, in no world would we ever say, like, this guy needs to be done. Can't. Like, we, we totally agree with that. And if you remember when Jordan Gate happened, we never said that. We never sat here and were like, she's done. We're canceling her. We would never use those words. I think it's disgusting. What I think you are missing here is that there's a difference between cancel culture, like society-wise, and then, quote, cancel culture in someone's own life. If they want to... If Chloe wanted to cut Jordan out of her personal life, and I guess you could call that quote canceling, that is her personal decision because of a deep, internal, intimate betrayal. That is not her saying she's canceled from the world. It's saying she's removed out of my personal orbit. I know that when you're friends with the Kardashian, personally removing someone from your orbit could then translate into them being canceled in society. But I don't think it's necessarily the Kardashians' job to make sure that doesn't happen to Jordan. They never once went out there and were calling her names and were, were you know, riling up the troops against her. That would be one thing. Or they maybe they do feel like it's their job to not make sure she's canceled publicly, and that's why they aren't doing that. Yeah, like I... I don't, I, I hear what you're saying and I, I totally respect your opinion. We can agree to disagree. I just don't, I don't feel that way. I didn't feel, if you're talking about Chloe being harsh, yeah. The tweets she sent out after Red Table Talk were fucking off the rocker. Like that was so messed up. You don't do that. I completely agree and she's apologized for that. But if we're talking about just the way this was portrayed in the episode, I thought she was on par. I thought if anything, she was so much more calm than so many of us would have been in that situation. And I thought she handles herself beautifully. The point that I want to make about you, about this girl saying that, um, the blame wasn't on Jordan as much as it was on Tristan. Here's the thing. It was equal, and if anything, more Tristan. It was just that they weren't freaking out about it being so surprising because Tristan has shown his true colors. And in the words of Maya Angelou, like when someone shows you their true colors, believe them the first time. So nobody was shocked here. Right. Sorry, I just got so intense. I'm like Cause sweating. Because it's true, though. Yeah. And, you know, going back to the Red Table talk and, and Chloe's tweets afterwards, I have to say they were intense and they were harsh. I don't blame her. Imagine how frustrating it must be to know somebody did something wrong, hasn't apologized to you for it, and then goes on a national platform to tell their story that's not the right story and not the story that you know. That is probably the worst and most frustrating feeling in the world. And I understand that people could say like, okay, then talk about it then. Don't wait for the episode to air. I, I get that side too. I'm just saying in that moment that she tweeted those things, I can understand how frustrating it must have been for Chloe to have to have watched that. I really, I mean, listen, the thing with this situation is, and going back to the Jordan and Tristan side of it and who's worse, whatever, there's no reason to dwell on Tristan. It's like beating a dead horse. There, we all know what he's capable of, and, and that's a discussion we've had a million times. The fact that Jordan is involved just it just blows the whole story up. I'm telling you, I think that if this situation happened again with a random girl, 
we wouldn't be having this episode. We wouldn't be having this back and forth. And that's why we consistently are saying, yes, Tristan is wrong. And it's not that Jordan's worse. It's just Jordan's more surprising. And that's why the narrative is on her. Exactly. And if if Tristan had never cheated previously, and this was his first public cheating that we found out about, their reaction would have been similar to That's what I wanted to bring up. What? That's the point that I imagine for one second that he had never cheated before. And this was the first cheating scandal. Oh, my God. That would have been the – that's the only thing that would have made it crazier. Could you imagine? Was she still nine months pregnant in this false scenario? Yeah, like why not? <laughs> Just for the sake of it. What yeah. the fuck not? Imagine Chloe is nine months pregnant and the person. No, no. I mean, thank God for everybody's sake that that didn't happen. <sighs> okay, this was super. What? I just have so many thoughts about Jordan because I do. I feel so bad for her and I don't think that she's a bad person. I just think she fucked up so bad that it's like, it's like on one hand, how do you fuck up that badly? How? And then on the other hand, it's like, oh my God, you're 20. You have no life experience. Some people would also say that subconsciously, again, this is like a major conspiracy theory. I'm just throwing it out there. Some people say that subconsciously she did this because she knew that there was no way that she was ever going to not be tied to the Kardashians and that she wanted to really come out on her own. Listen, I hear you with that one. I can understand maybe it being frustrating that she's in Kylie Jenner's shadow. There is a 0% part of me that believes that Jordan was dying to get out of the chains of Kylie Jenner's fucking like $18 million house. Why is everybody acting like the Kardashian Jenner's trap people, and there's no out. Have you ever known somebody in their life that has had a uh, like, has wanted to get out and hasn't been able to? With the Kardashians, no, no. It's because the thing is with them. Yeah, you can make that argument because they're so like want to keep like you can make that argument with Scott. It's like oh my god, how badly he wanted to get out and they wouldn't let him because they loved him too much. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? That's going to be your argument? Because that's the only scenario in which you could show, oh my God, Lamar wanted to get out so badly and after his coma, they sat by his side and wouldn't leave his bedside. Even Kim and even Chris made sure he was okay. To me though, to me, that is peak people who villainize the Kardashians. Oh, I'm so sorry that they're fucking compassionate people. Like, are you literally kidding me with that logic? Are you really kidding me? I'm sorry. If you if you want to sit here and look me in the eyes and tell me that you think that Jordan Woods intentionally hooked up with chloe's fucking baby daddy just so that she could be released from living in kylie jenner's gorgeous house i'm sorry you're out of your fucking mind sorry of it. sorry no, I, I, I really strongly disagree with that one and in jordan to jordan's credit things could have gone a lot of different ways after this and i have to say considering the circumstances she's thriving she still has her second nature brand deal she still has her eyelash brand deal. she's still doing well she's never looked better she's traveling she looks absolutely stunning i think she's like one of the most beautiful women she seems like she's living a great life i think she's probably internally really hurt but you know what she could have gone down a really bad path and she didn't she is putting she's showing up lifting her head high and kind of doing her thing and And good for her i wish her her. genuinely all the best i have no part of me that wants to see jordan fail even a tiny bit i don't if anything i want if well (laughs) i could care less what i don't want to see him fail the funniest thing about tristan is like all of the tweets that are like Holy fuck, the only thing you're worse at than basketball is cheating. Yeah, literally. Literally, like if you're going to be like a career cheater, at least be good at it. I know. It's unbelievable. I've never met someone so bad at cheating in my life. Ever. Ever. We've also never met him, but okay. You always do that to me. (laughs) Because we talk about these people like we know them. Okay, that is all for today. Let me be very clear about a couple things. Number one, we have a regular episode coming out tomorrow where we're going to talk about more Kardashian stuff, just not every detail like this. 
Also, don't forget, next week's episode is the second part to this, which is going to be even more intense because personally... Are we calling that part five? Yeah, obviously. Fuck yes. We have Jordan Gate part five next week. So like, just stay tuned. There's a lot going on. We try to keep this as clear as possible with so many different moving parts. We love you guys. We were as shaken as you were. were about to I want to ask one more question before we end. Yeah. Are we going to get a follow-up reaction from Jordan or are we done hearing from her about this? That's a question that we have to ask Elizabeth Woods. I don't know. <laughs> Elizabeth. <laughs> Elizabeth, if you're listening. What I, do you think? Oh, my God. Um, I know. I just thought of it. I didn't mean to put you on the spot like that because I don't have an answer either. I so badly want to say yes, but I'm feeling like no. But I can't envision a scenario in which she would go like instagram live or on another show and talk about it i can envision a scenario in which she would write something in like her notes app and release it yeah release like a classic go-to notes app move yeah i i could see that what did celebrities do before the notes app i I have no idea what they do before instagram anyway guys we will see you tomorrow and then we'll see you next week remember we are here for you we are feeling your intensity and your anxiety about all this we were right there for it a couple reminders, if you enjoyed this, please leave a review. We really appreciate it. And if you have any desire in getting <laughs> our live feelings on all this stuff, join our Patreon because it was a good fucking time last Do night. Do it before next week. Yeah, yeah I would. I don't know. That'd be a smart decision <laughs> on your part. Okay, we will see you guys tomorrow and then next week. <laughs>